You're listening to Bowls Australia's official podcast, The Right Line, rolling you through the latest from the world of bowls. Subscribe now via your favourite podcast app. Hello and welcome to The Right Line, Bowls Australia's official podcast. It's been a big week. The voices are a bit croaky. The sleep has somewhat been caught up on after a big BPL 15 at Club Pine Rivers and we are here to review it all. Joining me, Val Febo, is a man that I sat next to pretty much 24 hours a day um, at, at Club Pine Rivers. His name is Clive Adams. He hasn't wanted to hit me yet because uh, because of my childlike behaviour at times, but uh, I, I think we got through it all right, didn't we, Clive? Yes, yes, the voice is just about <laughs> No, it's a bit better than that. The voice is just about recovered, Val. It, uh, it, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing too much talking on Saturday morning, I can tell you that. But, uh, no, we got there. What a fantastic week it was. Bowls Premier League, so glad to be back. Of course, I, I just sit at home and watch the one in Feb, so was so pleased to get up there and be part of the event. And uh, they, were, they were somewhat long days, I'll say that, and a lot of talking involved, but uh, such fantastic bowls and really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, you had to put up with my childlike behaviour when I got a little bit overtired and restless and um, was writing High Clive on your paper. Um, yeah, with it, look, once you had a few lollies on the sidelines as well, Linz, once yeah. you'd had a few lollies, got, it, it really, it was, yeah, it wasn't great, I'll say sugar that. High. Uh, yeah, sugar I got high. Yeah, I got way, way, way too hopped up on sugar. Um, and the next person, well, look, I, I'm not sure whether I should have allowed her back on this, on this podcast because... When Richmond loses a game after being 33 points up and I get berated and, you know, Clive, you saw me, I can be a bit fiery when watching the game. And one yeah. one and one of the members of our pod squad was singing the Thid- Sydney theme song. Uh, that That is grounds for dismissal. But Lindsay Clark, I've welcomed you back because I'm a very kind and forgiving person. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Val. Look, I don't know if you recall, but I actually said you can't find me because I quit. <laughs> oh, no. I... But, um, look, I was just, I was just in a... Yeah, I'm quite easily swayed. I was in a big group of, of winning people singing the uh, Sydney theme song. I don't even know how it goes. But, uh, look, I'm I'm with Clive. I had a fantastic week at the BPL. I love doing the hosting side of things and um, just getting into the players' brains and being rinkside. There's such a great vibe at BPL mm-hmm. time. And uh, the play was fantastic. The personalities we saw, the stories that came out of it, um, so many great things. So really excited to unpack it. If I may say, Lindsay, you just get better and better every time. It's uh, it's honestly we, we natural, watch and we an go absolute natural yes yeah. yeah. we oh, actually said it we were we were on the sidelines and just watching and I could hear all the audio coming from broadcast it does get better and better not to not to be cheesy or anything but it, it you you're on fire Lindsay and we're going to see oh. you hosting the Brownlow very very soon I reckon <laughs> um, I or the Dalians but I do I do love love it and I, and I just hope that comes through I think um, I didn't do too many bloopers this time around so that's a win for me yay. Uh, the, well, we needed one of the members of the blooper duo to, you know, to try and try and get some on broadcast. But um, no, you did really well, Lindsay. And and the tournament as a whole, I thought, was really good. Unfortunately, no Carla Krasanik this morning. Still not feeling 100% after having to go home early last week. But um, we'll start with that. Um, the, the Melbourne Extreme and the Melbourne Pulse, the grand final, all Melbourne grand final. We finally had one, at, you know, as a Melburnian. You want to see someone from everywhere win. So now we just need Adelaide and Perth to get something. And then we've had one in almost every state and Tasmania. But um, Melbourne finally gets the win. And it, it was a great grand final. It had a bit of everything. And um, I, I think those two teams were probably the most consistent throughout the week. And they were the most dangerous ones. And um, we'll start with the Pulse, Clive. Eight out of ten tie breaks. It, 
that that's where it's won and lost, isn't it? Yeah, Val, it actually ended up 10 out of 12 tiebreaks. Ah, yes, uh, the finals. The finals, yeah. So what an amazing performance. I mean, they won 65% of their own power plays, which is a, which was the best in the comp. Uh, as you said, 10 out of 12 tiebreaks, which we know that tiebreak column is so important in terms of finishing positions. And really, they were probably the two stats that they really dominated. The rest of the Melbourne Pulse performance was about middle of the field. But those two key stats, which are so important, power plays when you can get double shots and tiebreakers when the game's on the line, that's how you make finals and that's how you win a BPL. Exactly. And we saw um, th- there were some efforts from, and, and there was one on ringside that we did, I think the last Pulse game that we had, Clive, where Gary Kelly nailed one in a tiebreak and the celebration, to it might have been late in the second set even, but um, Gary Kelly with those crucial bowls late in the tournament, I thought he was so, so, so impressive. They started out with Barry Lester skipping the majority on the first couple of days and then they made that transition throughout and and Gary Kelly really stood up, didn't he? It's the best I've ever seen him bowl at a BPL and he, he just looked in the zone, didn't he, guys? Yeah, take Lindsay's thoughts on this as well because he undersold himself a couple of times on a couple of interviews. So you could think to yourself, he did it with us and then he did it with you as well, Lindsay, where he said, oh, I wasn't real happy with the way I played, but I played the big bowl at the end sort of thing, you know, and um, I think he probably undersold his own performance a bit. Yeah, perhaps. I think, or maybe he just has really high standards. I'm not too sure. But um, I suppose in terms of consistency, maybe he wasn't as um, solid as he'd like to have been. But I don't reckon consistency is all that important in BPL. I think it just has to be the big bombs when it's really crucial timing. Um, so, you know, yeah, there was probably only a few games and maybe it was a couple that were on the TV or rinkside um, where he felt like he wasn't as consistently uh performing at that higher level as he wanted. Uh, but, yeah, give me any, give me someone that can turn a match on its head with one bowl any day. And he certainly did that. This is uh, the right line reviewing BPL 15. Very exciting tournament it was. Matthew Flapper is going to join us a little bit later on to chat about the Melbourne Extremes tournament. And we're going to have Andrew Gomez, BA's uh, partnerships manager. He's going to talk about the Bowls Australia eShop and all the things that are involved in that as well um, to get your hands on some goodies from the BA eShop. Um, but also, yeah, the... I thought Alan Ryan as well, guys, I thought she performed really solidly throughout the week and she was just, and I think her and Baz swapped a little bit in that lead position towards the end of the tournament where she might stay on for a set um, and Baz would come on in the second set and then all vice versa. And I thought she was so consistent and really pulled out the big bowls when she needed to as well. It was all three of them. As you said, Clive, they weren't at the top of the field in a lot of the stats, but when they needed to, they were just so consistent and in the zone almost every time. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, they're a team that's played together a bit now. So they they, they know each other's games. They're comfortable with what they're doing. Um, and, you know, you look at a, a, a team like the Gold Coast, who were the highest scoring team again. We saw that again. But it's, it's not all about getting the big scores. It's about playing the big bowls in the right moments. And, and that's what they're able to do. Yeah, and you could also almost feel the belief in their side as well. Like, you know, it's all well and good to want to go there and win it and play a few good shots and stuff like that. But they actually, you could physically feel they really believed and really wanted it, I guess, more than any other team. So um, they were super impressive as a threesome. Um, and even, you know, on the bench, Jeremy Henry is a very level head and Scotty Dijon came into the mix the last night, which was really cool to see him get that opportunity. Um, but there was, yeah, so much to like about uh, the pulse 
lopsided. And Barry and Ellen had only just got back from the UK a week earlier where we're playing on nine or ten second greens um, and they got to Pine Rivers and just played so well. Yeah, it was insane and what what they were able to do. And um, and also, Jeremy Henry, we, we must note, um, he is the first player and coach to win the BPL in ah. both roles. Um, so yeah, for Illawarra when they won with um with Aaron Tees at the helm as well, and um and then for for the Melbourne Pulse, even though he wasn't there on that final night, as you said, with Scotty Dijon um coming in, but an amazing week from the Melbourne Pulse. And then you look at the Melbourne Extreme, the infectious personality that was Matty Flapper coming in second in the MVP placings. Um, and then you've got uh, Ali Forsyth, who was so good. We'll chat. We'll ask Matty about this because Ali Forsyth was on the money pretty much every time he went for the jack ditch. Every time, guys. And every every time he hit it, it went at right angles and just near and almost went out of bounds. And it, the frustration on his face was quite funny because he hit him, but they just never went straight. And um, But I thought the extreme was so good. They finally won some tie breaks and that got them in into the into the top two. And um, yeah, I, I thought they were absolutely scintillating. And, and the fact that Carla left and Jesse Cattell came in and played so well in good form from the state singles final on the Sunday, just losing to Kelsey Cottrell, um, I, I thought she was mightily impressive, Linz. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, they had so much support at the event because of a few of those different reasons. So they were entertaining. Uh, they had Jesse come in. Kelvin Kirk on the bench. He's such a personality and icon of a sport. Um, so if you didn't have a team, you almost wanted to jump on the extreme bandwagon. I think I, I did say that at one stage on the live coverage. <laughs> Whoops. But go on the pulse as well. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Jess, you know, she's really um, she's really found her form of late and, and really matured, I guess, um, as a player. She became a mum just over a year ago as well, which – um, has seen herself, you know, she's had to be a little bit selfless, but I think you'll find that that kind of motivates people as well. She really wants to um, be a good role model for her son um, and her family, interviewing them. I, I think I almost had a tear. Her dad was really emotional just seeing a, his daughter out there on the rink. Um, so many good stories out of this BPL. Lynch, Lynch, do you think, sorry, sorry, Val, Lynch, do you think that the going into a BPL like that, like, like Jessie did, there's no time for nerves. Yeah, <laughs> apart from the three-hour drive up the highway. But, yeah, I don't think you definitely – I think – I don't know if she slept much the night. Calvin called her at 9 o'clock the night before and then, uh-oh, she's off the next minute. But, uh, yeah, 100% she wouldn't have had time to to worry about who she's playing against or where she's playing or what bowls to use. She just literally had to get there, go and go. Um, but so warmly received by not just her team in the extreme but everyone in the competition and Carla herself – wishing her all the best. You know, you've got one of the best female players in the world, you know, giving her your support. Like, yeah, just amazing. But so proud of Jess. She's in our pathway squad with BA, so doing great things. And that's who I wanted to touch on next, Carla Krasanik. And unfortunately, she's not with us today, still not feeling 100%. We do hope you're getting better, Carla. We miss you. Um, And we would have loved to have seen you there on finals night as well. But she was in the midst of a sensational tournament. She was playing bowls left, right, and center and was nailing them almost every time. It was so impressive to watch. And um, unfortunately for her, or for us as well, we we didn't get to see what she could have produced for the rest of the tournament. But my word, she was in some solid form. 
yeah, Carla was was in great form and, yeah, she's a great player and I think she's really proud and passionate of her club Sunbury-owned Melbourne Extreme. Um, so, yeah, disappointing. But they do say beware the sick bowler because I think when you're not feeling so well, you're really focused and determined um, and just want to try and get close to the jack and then have a rest. But, um, yeah, she did so well and I would have been keen to see how she figured in the stats, I guess, for the MVP of the All-Star team. Um, yeah, she was in really great form. Certainly was. And um, just, you know, looking at a few of the stats for the extreme, the one that jumps off the page for me, first set results, 15 out of 21. That ah, is that is yep. going some. That is putting the runs on the board early, putting the pressure on the opposition. Um, and, you know, whilst they only won four out of 10 tie breaks for the tournament that includes uh, the, the, their finals campaign, um, that was covered up by the fact that they were doing so well in that first set. And, you know, in the end, 25 and a half sets out of 42, they played more games than anybody else because of the final structure. And, uh, but, but really, I mean, a 75% roughly hit rate from set ones getting the job done early. Yeah. Speaking of hit rates to Matt Flapper and Jack's, my God, um, <laughs> we lost one down the roundabout. We lot, we almost broke a, um, broke an LED TV and I can't wait to ask Maddie about this because Clive, you, you might've done some calculations. What do you reckon the invoice would have been? Yeah. <laughs> we will be following up on that. He's going to have to, uh, you know, to speak his way out of that one, but, uh, yeah, look, he, he certainly provides those highlight moments. There's no doubt about it. And, um, yeah, if you, I mean, didn't he? Uh, was he responsible for? I oh know it was Ryan Bester that uh, that that uh, hit the one that hit Tash at BPL fourteen, wasn't it? Yeah, it oh, was, and Joe the the series before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, got her, yeah, it, so got her got in the shoulder. Of, couple of big hitters and uh, and Linz, I think when we talk about those uh, late replacement players with Jesse coming in, this is the first time you haven't been been involved in a late late replacement. Well, you've you've had a couple did, of involvements in that, haven't you? They did ask me, and I thought, oh yeah, this is funny, and. Um, no, it wasn't a joke. But I, I thought, you know, that time I, I filled in for one game um, for Joe and I had 100% success rate. So it wasn't just going to be the odd game. It was going to have to play the rest of the tournament out. And I do love the hosting side of things. So, um, yeah, it probably wasn't quite fair on on um, anyone really. But, yeah, it would have been cool to get out there again. I, w- I wanted my hair and makeup done, though, to play. <laughs> <laughs> would you have taken the microphone out with you? Yeah, I probably could have. I did one on one of the coverage. I had to hold the mic and roll a bowl talking about, you know, how to take less line or something. It didn't go too bad one-handed, so I could have done that. Resting toucher? Not quite. Nearly. Oh, disappointed. I expect yeah. nothing less than a red. watching, so I was they, waiting to see whether the truth was told. They just, had to, <laughs> hey, they just had to change the camera angle and make it look closer because, you know, sometimes they're deceiving. Yeah. Needed, no. needed blocker out there from the Right at Home Challenge, didn't he? Do a yeah. fantastic <laughs> Mate, job. Landed oh. it right at home, right so on that. Speaking of the Right at Home Challenge, Clive, now I, I hate to bring this up, but you tried to kick one in and you that was that was a, the biggest fresh air I think I've ever seen. You said the you meant heel, it, but... The back heel on the first night was a pretty was pretty decent. I no, that was the back good. Heel on the first night was all right. Um, the, the second one, only I know whether I deliberately uh, whether I deliberately missed that one or not. Um, but uh, look, Blocker didn't need any help, did he? He no. was uh, he was brilliant, and uh, he was unlucky with the first one. It it sort of landed on the target and fell off. So uh, no, nah, you got to do it again, and nailed it. No, it was... I spoke to I, I spoke to him up that night afterwards, and I said, mate, that was impressive. I've had all these calls from home saying, who's this guy? And and he said, oh. I I knew I was going to get it. 
I knew I was going to get it. That was easy. That's, I'm the, like, okay. that's the confidence you want. That is the confidence exactly. you'd want in get everyone. Team. Um, if if you yeah, it, that was on the. I think he did it on on the broadcast as well. So you can go back and watch that on uh, on the Friday night yep. on Ko. So um, that was that was absolutely brilliant. But looking down the ladder, and you had the um the Brisbane Pirates. They finished in third position, and. Geez, the crowd and the TV rink, the Pirates Cove, they had cutouts of Chris Roseanne, who I spoke to the next morning and asked what he thought, and he was like, oh, geez, they were awesome. Then they had the goat cutouts of Alex Marshall, and um, they didn't have anything for Joe Edwards, and I thought that was a shame considering she had a really good tournament herself, but um, they, they just lit up the night sessions, didn't they, Linz? Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. It, it, it's funny, Brisbane, um, they kind of struggled the first two nights on the TV rink. I think it was a lit played a little bit different to how it had played during the day. Um, but by night three and four, and I think the crowd had a, a huge amount of say in it, but they just lifted another gear. And, uh, yeah, the Pirate Cove and Brendan Wilson, actually the graphic designer um, who made those big goat heads for, for Alex in the sign for Chris in the Sioux or whatever, that, how you say that. But, um, yeah, it was really um, – like palatable that um palpable is that the right word palpable yeah the, yeah palatable also yes. <laughs> um but, but yeah it was so cool um having that crowd there and it just yeah you could feel the vibe on the sideline it was awesome yeah you really could it was it was awesome clive and i were looking over at them and they, they were so loud weren't they clive they certainly were, and I, I also think that Alex Marshall might have provided one of our uh, ringside live highlight moments as well when he uh, nudged the jack down the line for, for five to uh, to win a set. It was a power play, so it was ten. And then uh, uh, we love our volunteers at the BPL, but the, <laughs> the man with the paddles had a bit of a mare trying to sort out ten paddles. <laughs> to be fair, that's a lot of paddles to hold up, yes. to be fair. And he's sitting there, he's, he's shuffling away trying to get these five and five done and eventually he gave it away. He should have just held up both hands and said ten shots. Yeah. Let's Amen. move on. <laughs> uh, it was it was very funny. He just and we kept with him. We had the camera right on him, and he just he just couldn't get him done. But he he was great. He had a big smile on his face, and he was loving life. As were all the volunteers that did a great job. All the markers, all the volunteers that came and and um and watched the BPL and, and attended Pine Rivers. But um, looking at the Pirates, Clive, they were very consistent in a lot of the statistics and what they were able to achieve. But where where was the the stat that probably could have favoured them a little bit more and got them further into the tournament and possibly into that uh, grand final. Yeah, it is a tricky one, Val, because their stats line up pretty well. I mean, they, they probably didn't start, they probably didn't start matches as as solid as, that, as solidly as they would have liked. But overall, that was a very even performance for for the Pirates. Not a lot of their matches went to tie breaks. Only seven went to tie breaks. They won five of those. So. Um, you know, they won 63% of their own power plays and scored heavily. One of the biggest, uh, in fact, equal biggest scorer on power plays with the Melbourne Extreme for the tournament with uh, with 94 shots scored on their on their power plays. So there was a lot there was a lot to like about the Pirates. And I think um, in the end, it's, it's probably that they, you know, they they finished roughly where they should have um, for their performance. And then it comes down to trying to perform in those finals and. Just Maddie, didn't quite get over the line. Maddie just snatched it. Like it yeah. looked for all money it was going to a tie break that final last final game when they bowed out. I was literally a, a metre away from the action and Maddie had about, I don't know, how big is that, four inches, five inches yeah. to drop inside a bowl, go round an Alex Marshall blocker. Like it was it was insane that Maddie uh, played that shot and crushed the local hopes and the, the Pirate Cove's cheers went a bit flat after that. But, um, yeah, incredible bowl by Maddie. But 
poor old Brisbane. I will say we do need to uh, acknowledge Brisbane Pirates when we covered their match uh, against the Melbourne Extreme, there was a bit of a uh, a funny thing happened at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, um, bizarre. And um, so what ended up happening is uh, Matty Flapper had last ball, needed the jack that didn't have a ball on the green, the Extreme, because they'd been driving. They needed one on their power play to draw the final uh, the final end of the second set and win the match. Matty got the jack, and as his ball went to go in the ditch, Ali Forsyth's foot got in the way. And uh, and Matty's ball ended up up on the bank. It hit his foot and jumped off the green. So um, the extreme actually finished the end without a bowl on the rink. Of course, that bowl needs to be replaced. And uh, after a little bit of discussion, uh, it was the, Alex was was adamant that he saw where it would have gone. He was happy that it would have gone in the ditch as shot. And therefore, the Brisbane Pirates, as they were able to, under the rules of the sport, get to get to decide where that bowl would have finished. Uh, otherwise, they can elect for a dead end. They uh, they um, conceded the match by saying, yes, we know that the ball would have gone in the ditch. So a wonderful sporting gesture. But first time I've ever seen a team win an end without a bowl on the green. So it was a fair <laughs> effort. It was, it, it was a really bizarre finish. But, yeah, you're right, Clive. The right um, the right decision came uh, came to fruition there. And uh, I think looking further down the ladder, the, the, the Tasmania Tridents almost stole the show. They had the crowd they had the excitement and they had they had shot of the week with Taylor Mail on the TV rink he absolutely sm- I can't remember who it was against but I remember it just being absolutely diabolical for their opponents because he managed to pull it out of nowhere and then you had Mark Knights who there was this epic end on ringside where I think it was him and Alex Marshall drawing yes. to the ditch Clive and I've never seen anything quite like it all three of their bowls each went to the ditch and outdid each other every time. And Mark Knights was able to defeat Alex Marshall in hand-to-hand combat, which is very, very rare. We're working within a foot of the ditch at most. You know, they're the hanging the bowls over the edge, sitting sitting with just enough weight to sit the bowl, but but stay on board. Um, yeah, all class. And the, and the tail and mail shot you were referring to, Val was a toucher, knocked the toucher into the ditch with... with with a toucher sitting in the ditch that would have been no more than about a, a two bowls away from a, away from the jack and popped straight into the ditch. He put it, couldn't have got it any more perfect. And Linz, it's 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 wonderful when you you see those shots and then you actually get them. It's because oh, yeah. you know so many times we go for a toucher that's on the ground and we go, I'll try and get that into the ditch and you don't quite get it, you know. But he nailed it. Yeah, and you with that short, yeah, actually you have to get the bowl like plumb in the middle, any any angle or piece or edge, and it's going nowhere near it. But it was it was iconic for the BPL. It was iconic for Taylor. He had a, a fantastic series. Um, the Tassie Trinet support crew, about thirty odd people from Tassie flying up as part of a tour group. Um, the vibe around the club, and you know, talking to Beck afterwards, she's obviously a really proud Tasmanian, uh, really proud of the side, and they were like, oh, you know, if we get to finals, that's a bonus. Um, next time around, watch out because they won't be just wanting to get to finals. They'll be wanting to take a BPL title. So I think they've really grown. They're only two BPLs in. I think their confidence level has gone through the roof. I think they now know some really good tactics. Um, they had seemed to have um, a bit of consistency until the finals night with what they were doing in terms of who played where. But we saw on finals night, uh, Mark Knight's coming on playing in one, three, five, and the Beck was playing in two and four. So that was something, you know, two and three or two and four, no, two and four. Uh, but yeah, there was, it was all new and exciting and um, yeah, they were awesome to watch. They re- oh, um, Sorry, Clive, you go. Well, I just wanted to finish on that because Beck had a bit of a theory going with, uh, with set two winners, then going on to win the tie break. 
so I have added that to the stats package, and I can tell you she's onto something. There's something there. 62% of uh, set two winners were going on to win the tiebreak, and just 36% of set one winners. There was one game where it was both sets tied, so uh, that doesn't come into it. But uh, 62% of set two winners take that momentum in and win the tiebreak. So that's one we'll be keeping an eye on across BPLs. We might even do a... We've got the history. We might even do a historical stat on that one. Now, Beck wanted that called the Van Ash method. Um, so, so cricket's got Duckworth <laughs> Lewis, girl. and yeah, she uh, she she wants that method for herself. So, I think we change that and we call it the Van Ash method. Um, second set wins tie breaks generally. Um, but uh, yeah, I think um, she she was outstanding. She was a member of the All Star team as well with um, with Aaron Sheriff and Matthew Flapper, and she she had a great week and the tactics. And I, I think you look at her and you see the leader in her. You see what she's about and you see her passion for not just Australian bowls but Tasmanian bowls. She absolutely adores the state. She ad- she just wants the state to grow in terms of their bowling pedigree and she doesn't want to have to wait um, a long time to see a Tasmanian representative or another Tasmanian representative in the Australian lineup. And Clive, we, we both saw that from the sidelines and Lindsay, you see that just by knowing Beck so well. Um, it, it's... It's really palpable and it's infectious. You want to see them do well because of the passion that she exudes. And I'll start with you, Lindsay, and then we'll go into Clive's response to that as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, her experience in the sport, uh, where she's come from, her roots are very much Tasmanian. And like you say, Val, she wants more Tasmanians in the Australian pathway system, which they are. And um, having a platform like the BPL and Taylor being able to get seen um, and play so well and and not just his ability, but who he is as a person, we really get to see that through the BPL. And that's a huge part of our um, Australian team culture is you can't just be a good bowler. You need to have all the attributes of being a really great person and a great um, sporting person. We talk about um, Alex's uh, sporting gesture. I feel like any Australian player or um, any any sporting person would have done the same thing if they felt the same way. Um, you don't want to win poorly. So, um, yeah, Beck, she's a huge influence down there in Tassie. In our Australian team, her experience is second to none, and I think the boys really thrived off that. Um, and even Mark Stropshner, we haven't talked much about him on the coach, but he was an Australian player as well. Um, he's had a heap of experience, um, has a lot of bowls knowledge, um, really good bowls brain. So there's, yeah, so much to like about the, the Tridents for sure. Yeah, I noticed Mark Strachner back uh, back representing Tasmania, which is great to see because he's uh, he's he's a guy that's been on the scene a long time and is a great player. But look, Beck is uh, I, I, the perfect description for her is natural born leader. That's that that's what she is. Um, her leadership shone through in that team. Um, quite a different dynamic going in that team, which was fantastic to see with 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 Beck as that really strong leader. So um, brilliant to see. Great performance. Taylor announced himself to the bowls world. There's no doubt about that. And we wait, we wait uh, with bated breath to find out what happens next. Now we certainly do. And finally, before we do move on, we've got um, we do have as the uh, the MVP, the five time MVP, Aaron Sheriff. The guy just gets better and better. A third franchise that he's won it for now, and um, in his third franchise for the Miami Steamers, he got them through to the um, he got them through to the finals, and um, he played some bombs when he needed to. And there was that night against the Sydney Lions where they only won three ends for the entire match, but won the match. And I think that's where you just tip your hat to him because it was his bowls that were the ones that were that that found that found the jack or found the result so Aaron Sheriff just hats off because he was he was sensational Clive 
Yeah, look, there's no doubt about it. The consistency that Aaron brings, and and when I say consistency, it's consistency at a ridiculously high level, um, is is how he ends up MVP. And there's been a bit of talk about MVP. We know that. There's been a little bit of talk about, around about it. Um, the coaches vote at the end of each match, a 3-2-1 system where they get together and work out who was the best player on the rink for that game, who gets the 3-2-1. and one. So... Every game is watched. We want to make that very clear that every game is watched by the people that know what they are watching and what they're looking for. And so if you win the MVP at uh, a BPL event, you deserve the MVP. There is no question about it. Um, and, uh, you know, hats off to to all the great players at the tournament. But Aaron Sheriff was, uh, was the man. I think there's something about the format that really, I mean, we know Aaron's a great player anyway, but it really magnifies how great he is. He loves a fast action, quick moving game. He plays the big shots. He's consistent on the draw. He thrives under pressure. You know, all this stuff we talk about, tie break wins. Um, you know, he loves that that um, that vibe, I think. And, you know, uh, reflecting back on the final series, that first game when they bowed out, those first couple of ends, you could see his energy was up. He was playing some big shots. Um, I thought, oh, the steamers are in here. And uh, Tassie just plotted away. And I think they got the third or fourth end and and snuffed out the the fire of the steamers. And then it was all Tassie in that first final, which was um, really interesting. But, yeah, Aaron Sheriff, um, across the board, 47 votes out of 54. That's it. I don't think I've we've ever announced that many um perhaps i'm wrong but i don't know 47 out of 54 that's he's only missed out on seven seven votes <laughs> seven votes it's like, I, astronomical it is insane and it just you know it's not just based on what we see at tv or the one game ringside that they might be on it's literally over 18 rounds of play and like clive said uh the best in the business are voting on this so um yeah very very well well played to him and fair play in winning his fifth Fifth MVP, um, Bex first as as her uh, MVP uh, All Stars team member, and um, we forgot about Scotty DeJong and Jeremy Henry. The coach gets in there as their All Stars yep. team as well with Maddie Flatter. So yep. a very cool story. No, it was it was a great story, and I guess they're both winning coaches now, Jeremy Henry and Scotty DeJong, because he <laughs> he got it done on the night, and Jeremy Henry got it done for the rest of the tournament. So yeah, it was it was a great tournament, and um, the Adelaide Pioneers, the Tweedheads, Ospreys, the Gold Coast Hawks, the Perth Suns, and the Sydney Lions all missed out on finals, but all um, had their fair share of results um, in in the tournament. And Clive, I know you've got something to say um, about the rest of the stats. Well, I've got one more stat to leave you with because uh, mm-hmm. we do need to move on, don't we? We've got to get to Maddie. But uh, <laughs> but um, BPL 14 and BPL 15, the most popular power play end has been end number four. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly the most popular. The lowest scoring end for the tournament, across the tournament. End four? End four. Wow. Maybe a chance Maybe a chance to change that tactic up a little bit. Um, so there you go. It's a, and, and in fact, it was, you know, N3 scored 345 shots, N4 just 319 across the whole tournament. That's without that's without any doubles for power plays because uh, it's the only way you can compare end to end. But, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. And, look, we uh, we look forward to November now, don't we? We sure do. Yes. We sure do. Very, very exciting And how things will change. Will we see any team changes? We don't know. But we have uh, – what month are we in? June. We've got five months to figure that out. We are in June now. Time is going very, <laughs> very quickly. Um, but we are in June. And, uh, yeah, let's see what happens in the next six months. But Matty Flapper is going to join us next, looking very much forward to hearing what he has to say about the BPL. 
the sport's preeminent event is heading to the Gold Coast in 2023, with more than 35 nations expected to descend on the region for the World Bowls Championships, courtesy of support from principal partners Tourism and Events Queensland and Major Events Gold Coast. This is The Right Line, Val Ferbo, Lindsay Clark and Clive Adams joining you on Bowls Australia's official podcast. Last week, guys, we had... It was an enthralling week, and we've discussed all that already, but we had the all-Melbourne final, and it was, finally a Melbourne team was able to salute. <laughs> and for our next guest, unfortunately, it wasn't his team, but he was infectious throughout the entire week. He Everybody wanted to watch Matthew Flapper bowl, and, well, we watched him bowl, and now we get to watch him speak because Matthew Flapper Woo. joins us on the right line. Matt, thanks for joining us. How are you? Thank you, guys. Good to be on board. It's good to have well, you on board, and... Matt, just talk us through the week and um, and how you felt it went from um, from an extreme end. You obviously had um, had a few little uh, hiccups along the way with um, Carla returning home ill, but um, you guys re- rebounded beautifully with Jesse Cattell coming in. So, how did the week go from a team point of view? Oh, look, it was it was amazing. Um, yeah, you know, we we sort of went through the statistics and really divulged what happened in Moama in uh, BPL fourteen and how we could improve as a team and uh, tried to find the right structures that would take us forward and then apply that when we come to BPL 15 in Brisbane. So it's, um, you know, we had our, our game plan sort of lined up. That might have got thrown into a little bit of disarray with my late arrival on the Monday. But um, <laughs> we had our state pennant the weekend before, which didn't finish until um, late on Sunday night. So I think it was a, I got home at about one o'clock in the morning and then needed to be back at Tullamarine Marine at about 6 a.m. So oh. there uh, wasn't a lot of sleep there. So I was <laughs> popping out of my head when I arrived in Brisbane. And, um, yeah, we spoke about that, obviously, with the two games Monday night and uh, that I'd come off the bench. I'd, I'd play my sort of half a set and, um, and we'd just get through Monday and then rip in Tuesday. So, unfortunately, it was a slow start for us. But uh, once Tuesday came, it was – game plan on and things started to take momentum or gain momentum and uh, we got a few W's on the board thankfully (laughs) and then yeah throw Carla in the mix throw (laughs) Jess in the mix who got a phone call at nine o'clock that night from Kelvin and uh, look to be fair she jumped at the chance and why wouldn't you but um, and so she comes on board we still uh, we still continue through the week get a few more W's and, and we find ourselves in a final so on a whole, yeah, it was uh, ebbs and flows, but I think the um, the positives were there in the end anyway. Matty, that's such – there's so many um, awesome things to pick apart there. Yes. So let's start wow. with <laughs> so many golden nuggets, but let's start at the start. So you said you had um, a little bit of a slow start in terms of the win-loss ratio, I think, uh, potentially four out of the five first games you had lost. Did yep. you start with the same, like you said, you come off the bench early. Was Ali skipping a lot of it? Uh, when did you start to take to that skipping role and, and do it so well? How how early in the um, piece? I think we played the first two games on the Monday. Ali skipped both. And then um, Carla, Carla might have started. I come off the bench for the second set. And if, if we had won the first set and Carla was going all right, she'd stay on. And uh, I'd just play the minimal amount. If possible on the Monday, but Catch uh, obviously we, we went in with two losses Monday night. Calvin was not. Nah, the trigger's getting pulled straight away, <laughs> and you're skipping tomorrow, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I think we lost our first one, as you said. We might have won the second one and then lost the third one, and we were yeah four losses from five. Mm. But uh, yeah, th- sort of thinking then, where we um, 
Moama, here we go again. But uh, <laughs> luckily, our fortunes changed and we were able to string a couple of Ws together. The the flexibility in your team, Maddie, is certainly a strength. And, you know, um, both you and Ali like to play the aggressive style of game. So um, what was the what was the feeling? Just go with whoever was uh, getting it done. Was that was that going to be the plan? Because, I mean, I guess neither you or Ali are that used to being in the lead spot. Well, at the end of uh, BPL 14 at Moema, we sort of we obviously tried different things. And probably the biggest positive was when Ali led for me. Um, Carla come off the bench. It seemed to work pretty well, and we were really competitive. Um, so we we had that plan that we'd start with that. Now, someone asked me after the event about Ellie leading or me leading, and the way I summed it up was: I think Ellie and I probably play a very similar game as a skipper. Um, we probably similar ability, I, I suppose, down the track, but he'd probably be more consistent than me as a leader. So I think him getting the start. Um, was probably better than what I was playing in that position. But then obviously Carla would come on and she'd be rock solid in that position as well. So it was probably more about where we're maximising Ali or me in the leads position more than anything. So speaking of you or Ali leading, I reckon he went for the jack ditch on maybe eight <laughs> or nine occasions. And he I hit think he the, nailed it. I think and, it was eight times, Val. And he and he, he nailed them. But I every think he time did it seven times. Yeah. <laughs> every <laughs> time the jack seven times. <laughs> the jack skewed off towards the out of bounds. And every time Ali was just getting more and more frustrated. But was that a genuine tactic going in that you would try and attack the jack on those crucial ends where it might have been a sudden death end? Yeah, well, the tie break, obviously, you know, our history of tie breaks wasn't great. So it was like, well, what can we do to to try and maximise our chance to win the end? Ellie plays that shot really well. Um, he hit it seven out of eight times. <laughs> it was back. unreal. So he's, he's on cue. He just couldn't sweet spot it. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was, a, that was a change of tactic and obviously something that we tried. And we were just, I was confident that he's going to get one sooner or later. <laughs> but um, he kept hitting it, and I think it was in the um, in the final or the first final against Melbourne Pulse that he nailed one, and um, you know still finished eight feet away. But uh, I actually thought he had it. I thought he had it all the way, dead in the guts, but it just veered at the last second. Uh, it is, that would be quite frustrating. But I mean, what can you do? He hit his target. The rest is history. Maddie, exactly. as someone that watched, you know, I get got to witness it right there on the sideline. One of my favourite things about your team was the energy that you all brought like, and the way you communicated. Um, even when bringing Jesse in, it would have been such a comfortable, fun, confident environment. Is that something you feel is a strong suit of your team? And um, you know, as someone who witnessed it, it was really special. I do, um, you know, and look, something that I was always brought up on was was positive body language, encouragement on the green, um, and just try and get the best out of your players. And if you're you're portraying that yourself, well, it's going to feed off the rest of your players as well. So, you know, I think Jessie made a comment there at one stage that she didn't even feel like it was her first bowl when she came in. She just felt like she'd already been a part of it. And um, I guess that was the, the positive vibe that Carla, Ellie, and, you know, fortunately, myself was able to give off even Kelvin. Um, nothing but positive went once she sort of arrived and, and she felt like she was right at home. Yeah, certainly. I, I was most impressed with uh, with with Jessie and the way she she dropped into that for uh, for someone that would have been sitting at home watching the BPL on Wednesday <laughs> night, and suddenly you're into it on Thursday night. It uh, it would have been an incredible thrill. Now, Maddie, has the invoice arrived yet? I, I need to know whether the invoice <laughs> has arrived yet because. Um, 
you're you're very good at losing jacks and uh, and damaging LED lights, <laughs> right? Um, and I've got That's a feeling right. I've got a feeling you were responsible for the jack that went down the drain a few years ago as well, but I might have that wrong. So no, nah, you uh, do have that right. Yeah, <laughs> mate, you like to hit down, them hard, don't you? One went down the drain. I think there was a lost jack at Moama, um, <laughs> somewhere in the grandstand. There was. Yeah, had the roundabout to that now, Clive. <laughs> we were standing on the sidelines on one of the TV games and you're lining up a drive and I said to the guys that were with me, I said, these LED lights might be in a little bit of strife here. Um, I can back that up. He did say it. Yeah, and, uh, and whack came down this drive. And, uh, I think there's a lot of positives in the durability of the LEDs, actually, yes. to be fair. I can't yeah, believe it didn't break. <laughs> I went I went and inspected it afterwards. I'm like, where did it even hit? You couldn't even tell. I'm like, yeah, this is Well, some yeah. say that Jack has made its way all the way down to uh to Coolangatta Airport and it's looking to come back to Melbourne. So um, Yeah, no, it beat me home, Bill, I think. It must have, because that, that thing went absolutely flying and I reckon it took us about fifteen minutes to find it, Clive, because we were doing the ringside game at that time and Andrew Howie came out and um, then there was another Melbourne Extreme supporter who went down and had a look and he's thrown it over the fence and we're like, how far did that go? <laughs> um, Maddie, just quickly back to your form. It was absolutely insanely impressive. Um, you talked about your uh, pennant finals in the lead up. Have you been in this good form you know, for a little while? Is it a purple patch? What, what was the, I guess, recipe to being so amazing? Well, it's it's funny how you know our game can change so quickly, and one minute you can you know one of my sayings to uh, to anyone at club level is you're one bowl away from being in form, and um, you know it's we state trial two weeks ago, and I felt like I really struggled. Um, I just actually swapped over to use hence light bowls, and um, you know after four years with Arrow, and so the first time I picked up the hence light bowl was at the state trials, and I I didn't feel comfortable. Um, throughout the two days, but then trained a couple of times during the week ahead of state pennant, put a different Henselite XG in my hand and then went to state pennant and just felt really good straight away. And then uh, obviously to then jump in the uh, jump on the plane and go to BPL um, and pulled out the Tigers. And they just felt right and felt good coming out of your hand. So from probably from state pennant was that's when it, you know, something clicked and you felt good about it. And then I was able to take that into into Brisbane. I hope you still make the state team, Matty. <laughs> you reckon I'm a chance, Lynn? You might sneak in, mate. <laughs> well, you should be in with a chance considering you made the BPL All-Star team with Aaron Sheriff and Beck Van Ash. How rewarding is that for you to see your own form at the tournament rewarded like that um, to be in the elite trio of the tournament? You're talking about 30 of the best players in the world, mate. And, you know, to, to be in that conversation, um, it's flattering, to be honest. And... Like I said, yeah, you go there just to try and compete, try and play a few good bowls here and there and give your team a chance. It's not an, you know, it's not an award as an individual that you go there, I'm going to win the MVP. But um, as soon as sort of things flow and, and happen throughout the week and you play some good bowls and, you know, it gains momentum as far as the conversation surrounding the MVP, you try and block that out. But uh, for me, it was it was all about the final, that the almost, we, we nearly nailed it, we nearly pulled it off. Um, the rest, the rest is really history as far as, you know, being awarded that it's a huge honor. Don't get me wrong, but the one that got away was, was the final for sure. But, uh, to be nominated as an all-star, very privileged. Yeah, Maddie. look, I, I think the BPL format really suits you. I think you are a, a, a wonderful person. 
person to be involved in a BPL format. We've talked about the energy. We've talked about the style of game. What do you love most about it? And um, and also, an all-Melbourne final, you must have had a, a bit of a smile on your face. <laughs> oh, it was good. Yeah, and, it, and it, it was sort of looking that way a couple of games out. And I thought, you know, here, we're, the romantic finish of Melbourne beat Melbourne. <laughs> but um, as a whole, I think just... I don't, I don't care what player you are, whether you're one of the 30 that, you know, you might have won a world title, Commonwealth Games gold medal. I think all of the players there are just, they feel privileged to be part of that event um, at whatever level. And, you know, just I think the constant ebbs and flows of the event, the way the crowd interacts with the players, I think just the whole spectacle rolled together just, you know, magnifies what the event is for Bowls Australia and the fact that it is the best event in the world. Yeah, we concur, and it's fantastic to watch under lights, and seeing Matty Flapper shine under lights is pretty good, but you, we also see you shine down at Ocean Grove uh, at the bowling club down there. Now, um, how's everything going down there, and, and what's uh, what's the go for the coming few months, How, uh, state trials and or trials, club pennants, what, what's going on? Well, you've got your puffer jacket on, so I'm tipping you're cold. <laughs> it's, well, the air right conditioner is broken in the office. What, uh, no, what did you say? Down here. Four degrees. Oh, yeah, no, Ooh. it is cold, mate. Jeez. But, um, so we'll probably lose, to be honest, we'll probably lose about half of our membership. They'll go north for the winter. So they'll go up and uh, hassle Lindsay for a couple of months. You, come on in. But, come on um, in, everyone. <laughs> as far as our season goes, we're, we're just about finished for the yep. uh, for the season. It's been pretty chock-a-block. So we've, uh, we've had a lot of success within the club level. For the first time in the history of Geelong Bowls, we took out the top two divisions. Um, on a Saturday pennant, which was Premier and Division 1, uh, which was played on the same day at the same venue. So that was pretty special. Um, you know, we'll roll into winter now. We play a bit of carpet bowls down here. So we get quite a few along the Ballerine Peninsula that um, join in carpet bowls and have a crack at that. But uh, we'll just now prepare and get ready for uh, a new season starting in September now. Awesome. You, go, you go okay at carpet bowls, don't you, Matty? I used to, mate. I used, used to. Tell you what, look out. I mean, imagine the big drive coming down in carpet bowls. <laughs> <laughs> look out. Matty, I, don't play, um... I don't play so much now. I just try and administer it. And then uh, there was never any carpet bowls down here during the winter. So it was something that I, Linda and I, together we said, we'll, we'll get it going. And I think we've got about 150, 160 players playing now, which is really good. Oh, that's awesome. So, Maddie, in terms of role models in our sport, you're probably one of the most iconic and the best for anyone to look up to from international level all the way to club. Um, you do a fair amount of work with the juniors. Is that something you're still involved with? Yeah, certainly are, Victorian coach. So, and, yeah, it's it's an amazing opportunity to be part of that. And I think the best thing about under-18s and working with the under-18s is it's always evolving. Um, you know, kids get to the age where they're too old, so you've got new ones coming through. So you've never got a, you've never got a squad where you go, oh, I've got this squad, so I'm going to take them <laughs> to nationals for a couple of years and dominate because it's always yeah. turning around. And you know, you you go and you win a nationals, the next year you're rebuilding. So it's, I think mm. that's the exciting part about it too. Yeah, yeah you're making a, a huge impact. Sorry, Val, just making a huge impact on like seeing young Kira, she's up here now and I, just how she speaks so highly of you. Like I think it must be such a special role to not just inspire them on the bowls front, but just to help them as people. Like that you're creating some awesome people out there, Manny. Thank you, Linz. Yeah, and look, the best part about it is I was there. I was once that age mm-hmm. and I was having a, you know, having a crack as well, trying to soak up as much as I could and learn as much as I could. Um, and to be able to pass that on to the next generation um, and see them develop and, and grow into, 
you know, senior state level players, it's really re- rewarding. And well, it was just as rewarding for us to be watching you at, at your finest at BPL 15, Maddie. It was great to see your, your personality is infectious. The little fingers up. It was one. Of, it's the. It's yeah. an iconic celebration of the BPL. Where's the statue? Where's the Maddie statue? Uh, exactly. Let, uh, let's let's take a vote. Did I do it better than Alex or not? Look, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Look, Alex. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm a huge, massive fan, but you definitely have the statue moment owned, Maddie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with it. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm with it. Alex isn't here to defend himself, so sorry, it's sorry, Alex. <laughs> so it's Maddie Flapper all the way. No, that was it, it. Was iconic, mate. And and watching your bowl was infectious. Your personality's infectious, and you bring a smile to everybody's faces that does watch you. So congratulations on a great week, and fingers crossed we can see you go one better at BPL 16 in November. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. BPL 15 all-star Matt Flapper joining us on the right line. And Lindsay, you're someone that played with him a lot in Australian colours. His demeanour on green is is something that I look at and I'm in awe of him. He, he just, he's got this gravitational pull to want to watch him, doesn't he? And he's just, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, 100%, Val. He's, he's a larger-than-life character. But when you're on the rink with him, I know in Australian colours, he just brings this aura and presence. It's his stature. It's his booming voice it's his positivity and the energy um you know you just can't speak more highly of anyone um that has that presence like he definitely just dominates and i think he makes you play better he makes you feel like you 10 foot tall yourself so um yeah he's pretty special to have on your side in in any form when you look at that there couldn't have been a better team for a jesse cattell to be to be landing in in terms of support in that situation Mm. it it, you virtually couldn't have picked a better person for her to be playing with no no that's so true and jess you know she's someone she's not shy not a wallflower or shy like she's super confident anyway and she has been in the best form i've ever seen her play and she's in our um, pathway squad uh, up here in queensland so i work with her a fair bit but I think she just relished the opportunity and to be surrounded by, yeah, icons like that. And Kelvin, you know, she know she's played Premier League at Tweed Heads um, at club level, so I'm sure she felt super comfortable and welcome, welcoming. And Ali's a great um, entertainer and great value as well, so definitely a really awesome team to go into. Yeah, it was, and it was great to watch them. And, yeah, we'll see what they can conjure up with Carla Krasanik back. Uh, hopefully she does feel better very soon. And uh, hopefully with her back at the helm uh, next, uh, the next BPL in November, we can see them possibly go one better for the pod squad. But um, we've still got plenty more to come on the right line. Stick around after this. Bowls Australia's official e-store have a great range of products for every player. Visit shop.bowls.com.au to pick up some new kit and help you look and feel your best out on the green. This is The Right Line. Val Febo, Clive Adams and Lindsay Clark joining you on Bowls Australia's official podcast. And big thank you to Maddie Flapper for joining us in the last segment. And now we're joined by, well, one of BA's elite staff members. It doesn't get much bigger than this man because he does absolutely everything. His name is Andrew Gomez, BA's business development manager, and he's also in charge of the BAE store as well. So that's where you get all your fan gear, whatever you want, uh, and whatever bowls merchandise you want, you can find it on the BAE store. Andy, thank you for joining us. G'day, Val, uh, Clive, Linz. Good to be here finally. I know it's fine. It's good to it's good to have you on, and we're gonna we're gonna absolutely grill you today. So I, I hope you I hope you're nervous. Um, but now first first off, uh, talk to us a little bit about your role and um and how long you've been at BA and what what the day to day involves for you. Sure. So I've been uh, at BA a little over three and a half years now. So it's um it's gone quickly, I must say, even though 
uh, being based down here in Melbourne, uh, there was a good two-year stretch where we were, you know, working from home and um, we didn't have many events on. So to be honest, it's it's good to be back out and about. But um, my role, um, there's a few hats involved. So it's sponsorship, um, working with government partners and, and commercial partners as well, um, looking after the licensing program, so in particular um, apparel. Um, and then, as you said, uh, Val, uh, merchandise as well. So we've got an e-store, we've got... Um, a physical presence as well at events and um, just generally helping out around the place. So uh, obviously we've got, you know, uh, the AO coming up. We've just been through the BPL. So um, looking forward to getting out of this cold Melbourne winter. I don't know how hot it is at the moment, but it's probably a, a max of seven today, pissing down rain and <laughs> yep. and, the, uh, and the heat is not working in the office. <laughs> Um, Andy, there's been, um, I guess the you've been at the at the forefront of seeing the the merchandise really take off, and and people can really get their hands on lots of great stuff. Um, the e stores, the e stores, one great place to go to be able to check out any you know BPL merchandise that's fresh in our minds right now, or or get themselves some some uh, some AO stuff and things like that. The, really the opportunity to get your hands on some great gear and really look great out on the green, uh, it's never been better, has it? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, our focus has been getting, you know, good quality stuff out there on the market. And I think, you know, it, it goes for the whole event. But as we try to uh, improve the event over the years, even just in the smallest ways, um, you know, increasing the profile of the event by having these options available, um, it helps the the franchises, the clubs that are involved, it helps the players and it helps us at, at, at BA to try and grow the profile of the event. So to be able to see, you know, people walking down the street wearing a Tweed Heads top or a Melbourne Extreme top um, is really nice. So in a small way, it's it's good to see that stuff out and about for sure, Clive. So how do we go about, for those that might not know, how do you go about accessing an e-store? So through the Bowls uh, Australia corporate website, so bowls.com.au, there's tabs online. Um, and we'll also be setting up at the AO. So I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a sec, but um, heading up to sunny Gold Coast uh, next week. Um, bring the sun, bring the yeah, sun. Yeah, hopefully, fingers <laughs> crossed. Well, we've got no sun to bring, Lindsay, so you need to provide <laughs> no. it for us. Okay. So we'll be in the, the trade marquee for the full uh, two weeks of the event, um, selling BPL merch, um, but everything else that, that we're offering at the moment on the e-store as well. So um, the KM56 range, um, which we've worked on you know, a fair bit over the past couple of years, um, and then there's some program-specific stuff too, like the Jack Attack range or you know sunscreen and, and a few other things that, that we're now offering, which is really cool. So we'll be up there at, at Broad Beach for the full time, so come see us over there. Yes, I hear there's a um, really good quality shirt that you can buy. Is that true? Is it like going out the door like hotcakes? You're not talking about the, the Ringside Five t-shirt by any chance, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can't sell those, to be honest, for some reason. Oh, <laughs> no, people, what are you doing out there? We can't give them are away. They, are they overpriced? Like, come on. Maybe well, we need to discount them for Clive's fans. Well, look, people need bowls cloth, so maybe we um, we cut them up into little pieces. And oh, no, no, I'm joking. Really? I'm joking, Clive. I'm sorry. <laughs> it'd be actually, pretty cool if we if we cut out Clive's head and made it a cloth. That'd be all right. Bring uh, some Clive vibe. 
Look, in seriousness, um, with the the T-shirts, we launched those for a good reason, you know, some time ago now, but um, all profits from those went towards the Disaster Relief Fund. And uh, mm. I'm, I'm joking, we, we can get rid of them, um, but it's a good chance to give them another push now. They'll be available yep. up at the AO too. Yep, so if you want to buy a Ringside Clive T-shirt, make sure you get one, shop.bowls.com.au. And Andy, um, you will be up at the AO uh, coming up to Queensland. And um, where will you be set up and what exactly will you be selling? So we'll be at, at Broadbeach for the majority of the time. Um, we're fortunate in the, the trade marquee, so we'll have a lot of the, the, the bowls manufacturers and, and retailers will be joining us too. So Aero, uh, Drake's Pride, Hence the Light, um, Bowlers Paradise, plus a couple of our partners will be in that marquee. So it's really a one-stop shop. Anything that you need, bowls, you know, bowls bags um, and apparel, you'll find it there. Um, so we'll be... Set up at Broadbeach and, and, yeah, looking forward to a good two weeks. Um, I'm sure you've spoken about, uh, Val, the, the record numbers that we're seeing. So yep. um, it'll be some you know, uh, great uh, patronage there, fortunately. Um, so come find us at Broadbeach. Of course, uh, if you if you are heading to Broadbeach, you cannot miss the the trade tent. So it is uh, <laughs> right outside the club there. You cannot miss it. But um, um, Andy, we had the right at home challenge last week at the uh, at the BPL. Uh, blocker Blocker was the star. Let's the let's star. face it. But, um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm hearing we might be uh, we might be uh, rolling out the right at home challenge in the finals of the AO as well. I think we should. Uh, Clive, I think it's look. It's a bit of fun. Um, it's a, uh, a good way to get someone from the crowd involved out on the green uh, during the, the BPL and also the AO finals coming up. But it also you know gets the crowd involved on the day. So it's it is a bit of fun. But you're right. I think Blocker stole the show. And I heard just <laughs> before I came on, Val talking about your little soccer kick. <laughs> you almost tripped yourself over, missed the bowl, <laughs> missed the circle. Yeah, it it look it wasn't it wasn't Clive's finest sporting moment, but um yeah he he says that only he knows if he did it deliberately or not, but I reckon we both saw it. Um, the fear of everyone needs to laugh. Everyone needs to laugh at times. Clive, you do all this good stuff, and this one time you had a little blooper, and it's all we talk about. Come on, everyone come needs on, to laugh. Everyone <laughs> needs to laugh. Yeah. Uh, no, but Andy, you do a wonderful job at BA, and and um, look, what, one more push. Where can we get the? Uh, where can we find the uh, the e store online? What's the website? Is it shop.bowls.com.au? Correct. Yep. Easiest way is just to head to bowls.com.au and yep. follow the the tabs and the prompts, but. There's all sorts of uh, products available on there right now. So um, apparel, um, so national umpire ranges, yep. club coach ranges for volunteers. Um, and we're, we're branching off into retail apparel yep. as well now. Actually, one more that I did want to touch on, the women in bowl stuff is something that we're really pushing. The KM56 gear as well is something that's really good that's on the website and developed by our very own Karen Murphy. Yeah, yeah. No, we've been uh, working closely with, with Kaz for a while now and as many people in sport would know, sort of, there are a few barriers to entry um, to women participation and one of those being uh, apparel. So, you know, the, the thought and the process behind that, that range is to improve the, the quality of the offering that's out there and obviously Karen um, Murphy, you know, pro providing some incredible insight and direction for us there. So that's available now, but um, that will continue to grow and expand uh, over the journey too. So looking forward to what's to come with that range. Brilliant. Andy, thank you very much for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Good to be here. Thanks all.
Andrew Gomez, BA's uh, business development manager, joining us on the show. And the, the Bowls eShop is honestly, it, it's growing exponentially. There's so much on there that you can grab, whether it's resources, whether it's rookie rollers kits, whether it's anything that you need in relation to the sport of bowls, it is there. So um, it, it's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, get your ringside Clive t-shirts, get them because they do go to a good cause and who wouldn't want to wear Clive's face around. I actually, I, I think when we went up to the, um, to the Gold Coast for the Oz champs, I, I had it under my jumper cause it's a good length. And, um, and I, I, Clive gets there and I lift up my jumper and I'm like, look who I'm wearing. <laughs> oh, you might need a second one, Val, or a third. Uh, no, look, there's a fun side to it, but there's a serious side to it as well with the disaster relief fund, of course. And, um, we've seen that come in very handy over the last, uh, over the last couple of years of, haven't we? So yeah, no, yeah. look, uh, hopefully look, they're a bit of fun. I'll tell you who is going to need her own T-shirt soon because she's she might be getting a little bit too big for the pod squad with how much she's dominating TV is Lindsay Clark because, yeah, I, I just I reckon that T-shirt is well and truly on the way. It's oh, got to be. Val. I feel like I don't have the cult following like Clive does. Like I'm on the Clive, rinkside Clive bandwagon too, but, yeah. you know, you never know. One I'm day. not. I'm not the most fashionable of people, but maybe someone, Kaz might be able to help me design something. There we go, Karen Murphy, fashion guru. We need to get her back on to talk about her bowls fashion tips. And uh, yes, and, we should do. Yeah, but we'll we'll get there eventually. But uh, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure reviewing uh, BPL fifteen with you. It's it's a big couple of weeks coming up. We've got the Trans Tasman uh, this weekend. We've also got the um, we've also got the Oz Open the weekend after that. We still don't know 100% who's playing in the Trans Tasman, but we will find out this week um, because the date looms very very quickly, and then Oz Open after that. So Lindsay Clark, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll see you again very soon. Thank you, Val. Great as always. Sending uh, well wishes vibes to our mate Little Oji. Oh, yeah, pleasure to talk to you guys and Maddie and Andy as well. And just love BPL, love talking BPL, love, you know, unpacking everything BPL. So I can't wait for November already. Another man who loves to talk about a BPL is the one and only Clive Adams. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll be spending a lot of time together over the next few weeks. So look <laughs> forward to that. And I'm not sure you're looking forward to it as much as I am. Just maybe don't feed me as many lollies and then things might be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have to be careful. No, look, uh, Lindsay <laughs> said it well. And, and yes, to Carla, uh, get well soon. We uh, we missed you and uh, we can't wait to catch up with you again soon. So, and uh, thanks to all the listeners out there. If you're heading up to the AO, travel safe, have a great time up there. Immerse yourself in everything that is the Australian Open because it's a wonderful two weeks. It sure is. Looking forward to seeing it for the first time after having to cover it remotely last year, thanks to thanks to lockdown. So, yeah, looking forward to getting up to, uh, to the Gold Coast this week or tomorrow, actually, we leave. So that's why we're doing the show a day early. But looking forward to it. Carla Krasanik, we hope you're well. We hope you're getting better. So um, well wishes to you and get well soon. Big thank you to Maddie Flapper and Andrew Gomez for joining us on the show today. It's been Val Ferbo, Lindsay Clark and Clive Adams on the right line.